0: This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve raise the flag and welcome back esteemed guest of honor, Chris from the Mount Molehill Podcast, as we wrap about his favorite and second entry of John Carpenter's self-appointed apocalypse trilogy, Prince of Darkness from 1987. Join us as we continue our second year of seasonal horror-centric cinema scrutiny to discuss another Carpenter flick which has also been rediscovered over the years and to a lesser degree praised for its contribution to cult horror. Witness both Donald Pleasance and Victor Wong absolutely define, typecast and dominating in their respective roles, and G-Baby leaves us with a trademark overshare on perfecting the art of annoying the living piss out of your significant other. The porpoises, midnight companions, and keen observers dare to stare into the void that undoubtedly stares back into us as we approach nexus between religion and science while Steve calls horseshit on Schrodinger's cat, a claim neither of us are academically qualified to make. Have you ever had a cronut? Tell us about your experiences with hybrid pastries.
1: This, this feels weird. Are you, are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it?
0: Let's wax this prince of porpoise.
2: Chase, don't do that. See, we we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown
3: chakra. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what's up, guys? Not much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm on my fucking Salvador Dolly drip, son. Oh man, I got some mustache wax. Salvador Dolly's a fascist. <laughs> is he I don't know anything about like him actual,
1: yeah he was really good friends with Francisco Franco
0: so like is that
1: the actual fascist dictator of Spain up until like 1972
0: I oh think. shit damn I had Nazi, no idea.
1: known Nazi collaborator Francisco Franco
0: damn so is, is Dali persona non grata
1: no I don't think anyone gives a shit
0: yeah <laughs> because he's such an oddball
1: yeah i think it's one of those things where it's like he's fucking rich he probably didn't actually have any politics he's just like i'm gonna hang out with the only other rich person in spain
3: so jim was it hard to join the three musketeers
2: <laughs>
0: No, I haven't been doing this twirl. I did this just for just for fun, funsies, because I knew you would just like unload immediately, yeah, and you piss did not me disappoint. Off to no end. <laughs> yeah, I would shave off everything but the stash and just go raw with the fucking. But uh, yeah, I saw Brian Cranston was at a film premiere recently. I think it was Asteroid City, and he did one of these big old fucking twirly dudes. I was like, I want to see if I can pull that off, but honestly i'm just doing it to beef up my mustache like i'm not doing the the twirls because i can't grow a good mustache but i found if you put in wax and you train it to like so if it goes it grows down over my mouth yeah if i just do one of these guys it makes it fuller i'm trying to achieve that fucking selic stash i've always wanted and can never i can't it's it just grow. it stops too thin I have a thin whatever the fuck I got a called. thin dick <laughs> <laughs> painted chrome you call it a kickstand it's not small it's thin it's girth that they want yeah
1: anyway. yeah that's my thing with facial hair is mine just really grows over my mouth pretty quickly so and I'm too lazy to train it so I just trim it cause nothing more annoying than fucking having hair in your mouth all the time
0: yeah i yeah. hate that shit but yeah. yeah i'm the
3: same way my dad had a pretty healthy push broom cut i think i think they issue it to you when you go to yeah. the police academy because my brother <laughs> back certainly, then, yeah yeah i mean my brother has like zero facial hair and i don't get the super thick um
0: god damn it's funny. Yeah. like dick dog that dude can grow a fucking beefy hog of a stash yeah. like it's like it grows in in two days. Yeah. Like, his five o'clock shadow is at, like, eight in the morning.
3: Well, and in the texture of it, it looks like it's made of, like, fucking steel wool or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Serious. <laughs> like, fucking, like, actual, like, walrus follicles. Yeah. Like, each individual one could fuck you up like a staple.
3: Chris, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, so, I was listening to the last episode of your podcast, and I must know, um, was the... Was the six hundred mile journey solely for ponchos, or was that a secondary objective?
1: Well, for me, it was solely for ponchos because <laughs> my lady was visiting her family and taking some class to get a certification. I didn't need to be there. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I
3: had a sneaking suspicion there was there was another purpose for the visit. Uh,
0: yeah, that seems like it'd be a tough sell for the the significant other that far of a trip yeah, for something so for her, autistic. Definitely. I would yeah. do it. No, yeah. Dudes are and on you board. And you but... just
3: talk to like one beaten down employee and they're like, <laughs> they didn't know anything. Well, time to turn around.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, it was dog shit. It was fucking terrible. Really? Yeah. The food,
3: The food or the information? The food. Oh, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I used to go, it wasn't that good because it was already on the decline. But now it's just like hospital, cafeteria, Mexican food.
3: I mean, how could it not be at those prices?
1: Yeah, for sure. You're
3: just just sitting there looking at your flag like, I'm not going to raise that. <laughs> one one fucking millimeter. I
1: was surprised how many people were there. I because I went fucking early, and then when it opened, so many fucking people went there.
3: Do people well, just like drown it in hot sauce to try to get some kind of flavor, or is that to.
1: no? They, it's more like the like stadium nacho cheese, like yeah. that kind of shit. Gotcha. It comes in the which league. I like, but it's, f- it's probably made out of plastic.
3: Oh, abs- <clears throat> absolutely it is. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back on. Always a fun Hell time.
1: Yeah.
3: Always a fun time.
1: Did you uh, not release that episode today?
0: Uh, yeah, I it got away from me. I just published it now oh, so gotcha. I can keep my week week on week streak. But uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with myself. I wasn't able to, to get it out. But uh, it's been a fucking hectic week. I did that creature comforts thing with Justin, which was a lot of fun, but I fucking, because it's someone else's cast, I prepped my asshole off, you know, so I don't fuck up their show or sound like an asshole. Um, (laughs) Whereas this, I don't really give a fuck. I'm I'm really leaning on you you two for this one, even though I picked it. I took zero notes. I've... I took see. I always take a lot of notes, but I only reference them thirty percent of the time, and just fly oh, yeah. the seat of my. When butt. we did
1: Brotherhood of the Wolf, I did so much research about like the actual <laughs> beast of Gevaudan, and then I didn't <laughs> talk about it at all. I like yeah. was like downloading obs- like single episodes of obscure like cryptid shows on like BBC Four. <laughs>
0: this this whole gang of esoteric scriptures from 14th century France. All right, It was pretty uh, interesting. I don't remember any of it, but... No, it is. Yeah, the whole...
3: I mean, that's where Jim I... got his uh, mustache inspiration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> from Old <all> front sack.
3: <laughs> Raleigh fingers over here.
0: Yeah, there's one. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, here, I want to... I was going through some of my cleaning up some of my gallery and I came across this video. Steve, I don't know if I've ever shown it to you before but I want to play it and get your reaction. This shit, I forgot about it and it fucking sent me to the promised land.
2: Son of 30 seconds Gordon and Aaron! Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Damn what Bro, it's Christmas, calm down. Damn <laughs> Mammoth! you got nuts in your face. Oh Christmas. Oh man.
3: Oh my god.
2: <laughs>
1: I feel oh. like you are tom segura's dad from that bit where he's like buddy i don't know any other way to put it i like watching
0: (laughs) black people have fun (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck that guy does a bunch of other stuff too but dude that one
3: you really you really do love watching black people have fun
0: dude i mean
3: or be like mortified by something that's always fun too like the one mean? guy like the one guy one jar video where the old woman oh, is like yes. oh man
2: dude
3: look at his oh, old that, Becca.
0: dude that'd be a good one for chris i don't know cuz he's into like obscure shit have you ever seen that so it's not one guy one jar it's reaction to one guy one jar and it's two black dudes and they're making their mother <laughs> like they're making her their mom watch it and react to it Holy fuck! It's like, you know comedy.
3: this makes no damn sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she starts getting pissed off, and they're just—they yeah. oh, seem like brothers. Die. Dude, have you? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen either I haven't of the, seen
1: the reaction videos?
0: You've, the jar, yeah, that's horrific. But no, the reaction is, God, yeah. She she ends up calling it. It's like look at his little Pekka. Like she's getting like like yeah. uh, pissed off at the guy. And the yeah. in the guy in the jar, and, and one of like, the mom just is called like, a oh, you
2: said
0: <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? He's like, what is it, What are some other things she says? Like,
3: I can't remember. And I,
0: we tried put it, it in it. his ass. Like, she just can't wrap her head around it. It's so good. I've tried to find that reaction. Like every six months, it, fucking no dice. It's lost.
3: Uh, I. I feel like you told me you were having a hard time finding it and then I found yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Oh, you did? All right. Well, ne- we need to link that or I need to figure out Tor again and get on the fucking dark web or something. But do you dabble in tar- the dark web, the dark arts, Chris? I've tried to. It just goes over my head. I'm not. Computer- no, I don't really
1: enough. need any drugs or I don't need my wife to be assassinated or. <laughs> I feel like that's. That's the main reasons people go on there.
0: Episode 76, Engage. All right. Welcome back to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back again on episode 76, gathered this evening to discuss Prince of Darkness from 1987. Yeah. Uh, this is the second in the apocalypse trilogy of John Carpenter that we are covering for this Halloween spooktacular bootacular part two, unofficial title tonight as always you have myself Jim G baby and of <laughs> course to my right virtual far right we have the usual suspect Steve
2: who you calling a psycho.
3: I didn't say anything to you. How's it going, man? Wonderful. Good to see you
2: both.
0: Nice. And back again, returning champion. We have Chris from the Mount molehill podcast.
1: It takes a tough man to make a tender forecast, Nick. I guess that's keep fucking that chicken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man?
1: Good. I don't know what that
0: was, but good. Yeah. Don't know if keep fucking that chicken.
1: His face didn't look like he
3: cared for that at all. Oh
0: <laughs> I've it was never a heard New- of that. It was a New York uh fucking local affiliate and they're giving like the news and like it's the news broadcast and the weather guy <clears throat> finishes up his his forecast and then sends it back to like the the main dude Chuck or whatever and he's like, Yeah, it takes a tender man to give a tender forecast. And then he says Keep fucking that chicken. (laughs) So they all laugh. And he ended up explaining it away later. Like he didn't know what happened (laughs) and it just came out in the moment, but he like didn't get fired. Like he didn't get reprimanded. He's like someone everyone liked. And it just like, it's like you've seen those newscasters that like they try to speak and they can't and they, they go into like robot, like, shut down. They're like, and they say gibberish. I chalked it up to maybe something like that, but it's very specific. <laughs>
3: yep, yeah, it's a classic.
0: Yeah, I almost went with look at that horse, because I, I just remembered that from a while back. Don't know what that is either. Yeah, oh, that
3: man. would that would appeal to even less people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, most, the, the most idiosyncratic slivers of shit that I can find Uh, believe me we had goats (laughs) I love that you picked up on that because that's like one of my favorite things about him is he'll slip in like he'll say shit (laughs) like that (laughs) believe me we had goats like what is that even he doesn't know what it means What was the the one where he threw up from laughing on the chair you remember uh, that in the break room? This is Dick Dog we're talking about too.
3: Yeah, remember he
0: laughed so hard that he like threw up
3: well, he, he's onto done those that mo- metal chairs. Yeah, he's done that multiple times, and then oh, and then when he was cleaning it up, <laughs> yes, and he was cleaning it up. He was just using paper towels. Yeah, and someone's like, "Do you Sanitary think that's clean, clean enough?" And he's like, "I'll oh, remember that next time you're eating off the
0: floor." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The and guy. then he said, Fair "There was point. another, there was another one too, where he's like, he he fi- he breaks down and goes get the Clorox wipes, because like people are giving shit just about the paper towels, so he's doing it, and then he's like, kind of dies down, and then he starts mumbling, he's like, I can't believe I'm just having to sit here wipe off with wipes after all this chair's been through, like just <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so fun." A lot of good moments with that fella. Bottomless
3: bottomless well of fun, that guy is.
0: Indeed. All right. Well, we're here to discuss. The topic at hand is Prince of Darkness. This is one uh, I've seen many a time, Steve, first time watch. And I think, Chris, you said this is one of your favorites or your favorite of the Apocalypse Trilogy?
1: Yeah, it's my favorite of these three movies
0: by far and why is that if you can put it in a nutshell what which what makes this one stand above the thing in in the mouth of madness for you um
1: well in the mouth of madness i've only seen once and i remember nothing about it <clears throat> which usually isn't a good sign um i mean i remember thinking it was kind of one of those movies like great concept not the best execution um the thing yeah it's Pretty good, I guess.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's okay.
1: No, I feel weird. Like, you just can't criticize it or people jump down your throat. But back, I mean, back to this one, I think it's just uh, more tailor-made to my interests. I think it has a much more interesting story. And I always sort of like those stories where it's like, it's not science or religion. It's like science and religion. I just think it has an interesting story.
0: Right on. Yeah, I can jab with that. I I fall into the camp too of like I didn't I didn't really uh let on too much when Miles was on, we were talking about the thing, but I'm definitely <clears throat> one of the I wouldn't say indifferent. I think that's too strong of a word, but I'm not right there with most horror hounds that just that jock the shit out of the thing. I like it, I think it's For good. Sure. But I just yeah, of the three, I, I really like In the Mouth of Madness the most, but I like Prince of Darkness, and I, I feel like it doesn't get f- a fair shake amongst Carpenters, Uber, or whatever the fuck that word is. Steve, first time watch, what'd you take? Yes.
3: Think? Um, well, not since the famous Orca incident of 20 23 have <laughs> I agreed with Chris anymore. <laughs> um, I. I think some of it might come back to expectations like we've talked about before. I'd heard The Thing hyped up for so long. Mm -hmm. I was a a little underwhelmed. This one I knew absolutely nothing about, and I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to, and just comparing the two in a vacuum, I think I did like this one more than The Thing, and I think the reason why I did was, I don't know, the, the creature monster thing, that's never been my sweet spot. Um, I'm much more, I enjoy much more the, like, religious kind of scientific thing that you were already talking about. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, growing up in a a religious, nice Christian home where that (laughs) that stuff just, I don't know. It's a little nostalgic, even though I've never had liquid Satan in my uh, (laughs) basement. But uh, one thing... So I, I like the uh the plot of this movie quite a bit. It's a little slow at parts, but that's fine. I feel like it pays it off. Um I thought the stuff about Jesus being an extraterrestrial was like a really interesting um plot device and it, it made me think too, like just uh having having read the Bible and, and that stuff as a kid, it's like I could totally see that being the case where they just think he's like a guy and, and they kill him and <laughs> then he just like floats back up to heaven and um, and yeah, it just brought back some fun memories of like Christian school and bizarre Bible stories that I've got one for you guys later that I think you'll enjoy.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Nice.
3: But also, I think my favorite part about this movie, and I'm I'm going to rely on your guys' movie expertise, but uh, there was just something about that dream sequence that was uh, a way of like communicating with the future. I just thought that was mm-hmm. so fucking cool. And yeah. I couldn't think of another movie where they have like that interesting of a dream sequence. It, it could, it could also be because I have really fucking weird dreams like all the time. So, and I'm always like trying to look for meaning in them and there never is one. It's just weird shit. So, uh, to yeah. see something, to see a, a dream sequence where it's like, Oh shit. Uh, something is being communicated. I, I just thought that was satisfying. And also, uh, when they figure out that they're being communicated with through this dream, just send one person to go to sleep, like finish out this fucking dream. they, they just keep getting like <laughs> jolted, jolted away. Oh, fuck. Like they're trying to talk to us. Okay. Nobody go to sleep all night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, to, to continue on with something John or Steve was saying, not John Carpenter, the director of this movie, but Steve, <laughs> um, I think the thing also sort of just suffers from like high expectations because, I have been like a, a super avid horror fan like my entire life, like reading horror forums since I was like 10, like getting on the Internet, looking at all that <laughs> shit. And I always heard about um and this is not unique to the thing because it's also something that happened with like The Shining or Jaws, as we discussed in Orca. Um, I didn't see this movie until I was probably almost 30. So that's oh, wow. like. 15 20 years of being like super steeped in the genre without ever having seen uh the thing so when i finally did i was like well the special effects are really good but it doesn't really touch me in any deeper way and i would say that that's probably true for me of most of john carpenter's films i think they're all very technically well made but they don't usually grab me on any deeper level because i think if i were to point out his biggest failing it's that he doesn't really seem to care about characters that much.
0: Yeah. I was actually <clears throat> to support maybe some of that, maybe not so much on the character level, but I can see that too. I, I listened into some of the commentary, the co- The commentary is up on YouTube for this film Prince of darkness. And I listened to a little bit of it here and there. And uh, he was talking about, like he started to get into like how he formed the idea for this movie. And he was like really into like physics and like quantum mechanics and shit at the time like juxtaposed with like these esoteric religious texts and shit that he had come across and like melding the two. And he starts going into it. And I don't know if it's by virtue of like, he realized he's doing an audio commentary and to get back on the road or the guy that he was, uh, Doing the commentary with, which is character actor Peter Jason, who's fucking awesome. I really like that guy. But um, he started like really going in on like the this lore and like what he was building. And he's like, "Oh, you know, it's all mumbo jumbo. It's a horror movie, you know." Like, like he was very flippant about it, which I kind of like struck me like how he just went from that to that. So maybe like at the end of the day, you know, it 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 goes to your point where. He's very technical and like he's doing something, but he's not reading into it, like in, in terms of story. Maybe that extends to characters too, like the way other directors are able to or do. Um,
1: yeah, and also to be fair, with those two movies in particular, The Thing and Prince of Darkness, they're not overly long movies, and they both have like big ensemble casts. You can't really get a good feeling for like who eight different characters are as people in an hour and 40
0: minute movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although I, I heard someone else make this argument and I agreed with it. It didn't come from me, but that in the thing that they, with the limited real estate that he had, he was able to, um, flesh out the characters just by showing them in their natural environment and you got kind of a vibe for them. Whereas when I was looking at this one, I didn't feel that strongly, but I feel like there's a couple characters they did I did get some of that out of. Main mainly uh the guy uh Dennis Dunn. Like I, f- I felt like he kinda stole <laughs> the, worst, the show a little
3: bit. The worst actor of all time.
0: No. Yeah that was do not shame fucking so... Dennis Dunn. Walter
3: yeah I, I was doing the Michael Bolton face like every time he stumbled through his fucking dialogue <laughs> it was so bad
0: I I like him a lot from I have fond memories of Big Trouble in Little China I fucking loved him in that and he plays a completely different character but yeah I liked some of his points of of levity in, in this flick one of which was like <laughs> where he's like all this weird shit's going on and the gooey's like, yeah, something like that can really fuck up your weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> this little one. Uh-huh. Line like, I enjoyed. <laughs> eh, fuck you.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was some weird, he got all of like the weird lines when he's like, I used to break out when I was 12 and the doctor said it was homosexual panic. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dude, there's this one line. I, I took a snippet of it cause it was so funny. The, uh when he's, he's talking to our, our lead Brian with the fucking crazy porn cop stash. I really can't believe this is happening. I had a date tonight with this beautiful young trial attorney from century city. Where were you taking that? Uh, please. It isn't funny. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> it isn't I funny. I love how dry that dude. And I wasn't, exp- I was like, dude, I watched it this time. And I never remembered that line. Cause the, our, our protagonist, Brian is very fucking like white bread. Like, Yeah. He's he's a robot, basically, to me. Um, but to hear him like just hit him real quick with that, I thought that I got a big kick out of that. Um yeah, I think he's to me, he's like the most flat character is our one, I guess one of our main protagonists, this Brian Fella, played by uh Jason yeah. Parker. In Some in weird a weird way, character. he's
1: kind of like introduced as the main character, but as it goes on he becomes less and less the main character of the movie, I feel.
0: Yeah. yeah. What about old DP, Donald Pleasance in this, the, uh, fucking the love him.
3: Yeah. Great.
0: Steve, love what him. were your thoughts yeah, on him? Solid. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. Super solid. And this, this is probably my favorite fella in this film. Also, again, from fond memories of him in not only a uh, big trouble in little China, but also tremors. Uh, Victor Wong, who played Professor Barak. Yeah. Egg Shen. Graboids. <laughs> I know the guys at uh, Five Day Reynolds are big fans of, of Egg Shen. uh, Victor Wong specifically, too. So shout out to them. I, I share your, your love for this fella. I, you, I like him you, a lot.
1: You did mention Peter Jason, and this is something I've always thought about him. Do you guys think on a scale of Meatloaf to Brian Dennehy, Peter Jason oh, wow. sits
0: exactly in the middle? That's a good call.
3: Wait, who's Peter Jason?
0: He's the fellow who's doing the fucking trombone trumpet thing, and he's rolling the apple off his arm. He's kind of like the happy-go-lucky. Oh, okay, yeah,
3: Dr. Whatever. Leahy, yeah. Sorry, and so he's he's on this, the scale of who to who?
0: Meatloaf to Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy was he's the Tommy dad Bo- tommy boy, tommy boy, exactly,
3: okay, I'm not the person for this game, <laughs> yeah, <you're not.
0: laughs> so you agree yeah for, forward? Sure. yeah
3: for sure i I will defer, yeah,
0: yeah, I never would have thought that, but that is pretty that's pretty right on the money. He does kind of bridge those two facial features like perfectly now i'm I'm looking at his face on i m d b right now and it's like, yeah. Chris,
3: were you also disappointed in? Morricone's score in The Thing? Because I know you're a, a yeah, big fan. I don't,
1: that's, yeah, that is interesting because I feel like I do like a lot of his music, but I don't really remember anything from The Thing. Granted, I've only seen it like maybe three times at the most. I well, thought John Carpenter's score in this film is like one of the strong points. I mean, he yeah. obviously was proud of it because it plays... Damn near the entire time the movie's going.
0: <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. It's kind of droning that bump bump, that really bassy and it almost it's got tinges of like a I kept want my mind kept wanting to connect to like the um Nightmare on Elm Street main track, the like, but then it it'll branch off a note before that and he d- it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, I watched. I also watched a, a behind the scenes of this, and he's talking about like how he went sp- on on purpose. He wanted to be a little bit more subdued with his sound or his score or soundtrack for Prince of Darkness. He wanted. He likened it to like um, he wanted to come in and just lay the carpet, have a a nice foundation for this film, and not go like <clears throat> in other films. Like it, it's a little bit more articulate, you know. And this yeah, one that's very. Right in the Assault on
1: precinct 13 has a score by him. That is very, you can, you you can hum it. You can't really do that with this one.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love his, that whole, I I didn't really pick up on that, that I'd liked it until probably five years ago, but like synth shit is fucking awesome. Really come into my, my synth era and, uh, Carpenter digs on that shit too. He's all of his stuff, I, especially like Christine which I just saw in the the theater for that Fathom Events put it out. That was nice. fucking super cool. But yeah, his scores are fucking rad. I think he just actually dropped or he's just about to release another, I think it's like Lost Themes Volume 3 is coming out here shortly. Um he's got I was kind of blown away a few years ago I went and looked at his Catalog that's on Spotify is pretty fucking pro- prolific. Uh, he's done a couple, th- like I think, um, from the various films, like his discards and like B sides and stuff, and then he's compiled them and put them in these. I think it's called Lost Themes. Um, yeah, check that shit out if you're into synth and Carpenter stuff. But um, what do you say we dig into this movie a little bit? Um, yep, we don't got to go. Beat Let's by beat, because this has got a lot of shit going on.
3: I feel like it's in, it's intentionally a little confusing, um, but I think it's because maybe I just was confused personally. But I think they're they're trying to give you the same kind of impression. All the people there is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? Yeah, you know, because there was a good a good portion of the the movie where I was like, I don't really think I understand what's happening or what the goal is, but uh, I feel like it wraps it up pretty well. And yeah. So I don't this know. If is that probably was my,
0: this was probably my 15th watch. Jesus. Damn. I feel somewhere in that neighborhood. I, f- I feel the same exact every time I watch it. Lost as shit like God. And it probably doesn't help because out of those 15 times, I haven't finished it or I've watched like 58 minutes of it and taken a nap and I'll catch the last 10. Or something like that. So it's very, like, it's like a patchwork quilt, this movie is, to me. And it's hard to, like, take it all in in one sitting, because it does feel very all over the place. God. Do you I get can't, that
3: kind of? I can't do that. I can't watch, like, <laughs> in pieces. I don't know, if Chris, you have the same brand of autism that I do, but it's like, if I'm starting something, I have to fucking finish it.
1: Yeah, I could probably count the amount of times I haven't sat and watched a movie all the way through on like damn five
0: on one hand, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So fuck you, Jim.
0: Well, it's just like a, uh, it's it's like a it's a really good like napping <clears throat> mechanic. I wish
3: I wish right. I could do that. I'm kind of the same way with books too. Where even if I hate it, I'm like, fuck, I gotta just power through and finish this bullshit. Because what if it gets really good at the end? You know, there's always that fear.
0: Well, it's also, for me, I've reached an age now to where, like, I'll just black out and fall asleep. Like, I'm not even planning on, like, oh, nap sounds nice. You know, I just fucking black out, so I don't have any control over it. Even if I was digging something, it's like, oh, God, my fucking glasses are in my back now. Um, Yeah, I imagine. Which actually happened with this watch.
3: I imagine having kids kids would would lead to, like, a permanently depleted energy state at all times i can't even imagine
0: your body just tells you it's like now you need your reserves later at 654 um yeah but back to your point i i feel even this time i was like dude yeah that there's so much going on and it's like they keep I, it's funny how they like develop this and they're like okay yeah there's this shit going on they, they'll take you a couple places to like with the priest then the the shit downstairs then you're in the classroom and then it's like they're they're doing this like uh like how they get them to the church is kind of weird like yeah we're doing we're doing this study you know we got to be here for a couple nights or whatever and even each one of the characters is like they're kept in the dark about what's going on. Obviously, they're trying to compartmentalize because there's a fucking seven million year old vat of green swirling, yeah, <laughs> basement of this church that's being kept secret by the Brotherhood of Sleep and all this wild shit. But yeah, there, there's there's a ton of characters you don't know what they're actually doing. You get little snippets of it as it plays out, but. I like that about this. There's it, the, there's a lot going on, you know.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there, also there's not really there's kind of one, but not really. There's no like exposition dump scene. The right. closest you get is when uh this is a character's named Lisa, the theology major. Or is that is the actress' name?
0: Decry- when she's decrypting, yeah,
1: yeah, she gives off a little bit, but then you're kind, you're just like you said, learning this. As they are, so you get it in pieces throughout the entire film, as opposed to like, there's no moment where you're like, oh, okay, I know exactly what's going on now. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: and why now? Like, why is this all happening right now? And Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Uh,
0: Let's see. Fun fact about Donald Pleasance. They don't say his name at all in this film and he's credited as uh priest father father, or priest. They, they just call him priest or whatever, but his name is father Loomis in the credits. Oh um, yeah. I, do, a, a I nod, do remember them saying hmm. that. Yeah. A nod to uh, Carpenter's other seminal franchise series uh, Halloween, which I thought that was kind of fun uh, that they don't, they go out of their way not to like really address him, but, yeah, I really liked him in this a lot. He He's uh, he's one of the kind of people I came across later in life, too, like the other things that he's been in. Like, I always knew, knew him as Dr. Loomis, but he's actually got a lot of range and has done a, a lot of stuff in his career. Um, what else? Damn, oh, yeah, he, was, when I was, he was born in
3: 1919.
0: Damn. damn. He was a fighter
1: pilot in World War II for the RAF. Damn, shit,
0: that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's rad. I when I was listening to that director commentary, both Peter Jason and John Carpenter got to when they, you know, when Pleasance comes on the screen, they start talking about him and how he's just this wonderful dude, and like, like people th- always think he's going to be super serious, and he's like the most like jovial and like you know, like um, like the heart. Like the life of the party, you know, of the production and stuff. And like, like when his backs turned in a shot and people are like acting and doing their lines, he's trying to make them laugh, like doing goofy faces and like fucking with them. I was like, that's such a, to think about, you know, Dr. Loomis being that kind of character. But both of these guys, when they were uh, singing his praises, they both said he's, he's a real pixie. It's, that like an old school saying? Do you know what that means? Either of you guys? No.
3: No, it, it almost sounds like an insult.
0: They were saying it in like a, in like they were, pra- they were in the middle of praising him. Like it was a, a, a term of endearment the way it came across to me, but I didn't happen to googe it, but. Um, so, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, we have all these like top. I don't know what college it's at, but it takes place in LA. I know a lot of this was shot at USC, which is Carpenter's alma mater, but they get this like brain trust of like a theologian, like math geek, uh, computer guys. Like they're all at the top, I guess it seems like of their, uh, various fields of expertise and corralled by Victor Wong, uh, Pre- Professor Barack and Donald Pleasance. So it's the the science and the religion coming together to try to foil or figure out what the fuck this malevolent green goo that's been recently unearthed by the last member of the Brotherhood of the S- of Sleep dying, and now Donald Pleasance has been saddled with this uh task or this knowledge, and so they all group together and they hunker down at this church to try and figure out through modern science with the cooperation of the church. Um, which I, I I really like this kind of stuff, like, like church, like horror, like cult, that kind of thing. And then it bringing in like the technological aspect, like really grounded in reality is something I really dug about this too. What have, Steve, you said that's, that's something that jumped out, but Chris, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I loved it. Um, I guess kind of similar to Steve, you know, I think I've mentioned that I was raised Catholic. So there's like a familiarity and like a, a nostalgic aspect to it, even though like I don't believe any of that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Yeah, I do tend to like stories like this and all of the nothing gets me harder than a bunch of. <laughs> 80s computers with flashing lights like I fucking love that shit so much
0: (laughs) and the big ass fucking font where you can only write like three sentences on a screen it's like
1: dude what is that so good oscilloscopes doing nothing
0: in particular (laughs) um yeah, so we, we get a couple shots out of the gate of this green swirling goo. And I know they made this film for pretty cheap. I think it was two or three million dollars. Three mil. Three milli. Uh and so this was a practical effect. Some of the other stuff I can see, like the like went the water or the goo leak go shooting upward, they probably flipped it. But I was really I was trying to think what they would have used for the swirling effect and that green stuff. I thought that was really cool the way they did that.
1: Yeah, I don't think they mentioned that in the commentary, but looking at it, it almost looks like it's a video of some sort. Oh, really? I can't really tell.
0: I I was trying to look at it. I was like, I'm buying like the viscous, whatever the shit is, and the swirling. Like I, I was trying to wrap my head around what the fuck they could have used for that. And then later on at the end, there's a really good practical effect when Kelly... The gal who's been infected and she has the bruise on her arm that turns into like a crucifix or the the fucking dreaming stave or whatever the fuck it is, but and when um when the goo fucking forced like fire hydrants out of her mouth and eyeballs, yeah. that shit looked fucking cool, man. I was like, dude, how did they do that?
3: I wish I would have seen this as a kid. I felt like it it would have been so much scarier. Oh yeah, yeah. Because totally. there's there's not a bunch of like. Jump scares, but there's a lot of like creepy, just like pan mm-hmm. scares. And one of my favorite little running gags—I don't even know if it was meant to be a joke—but uh, whenever they're like, uh, "Where's Susan?" they like, "Who's Susan?" Like, <laughs> radiologist, glasses, glasses. Yeah.
0: Glasses, yeah.
3: <laughs> I thought she did a great job.
0: But
1: that's so the what my reaction would be in this situation. Anyone that's not in your class, I'd be like, who, what? Yeah. I'd be more I'm, specific.
0: I don't know this person. Yeah. So they get together. They're starting to notice some weird shit. I like the effect too, of like the sun and the moon. It was like, well, it was like a crescent. You see that a couple shots where they pan up and it, they were like in opposition or whatever the fuck. And it was God's toenail and the sun. You ever heard of it referred to like that? When it's a really thin crescent moon? Like, look, it's God's toenail. No.
3: (laughs) No. I I haven't, but that's one of my favorite um, like flat Earth things that people talk about when they're like, you can see the sun here, you can see the moon there, they're both in the sky, but the moon has a shadow projected on it. How the fuck does that happen if there's nothing between the sun and the moon? And I'm like, yep, I don't know. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs)
0: this is the first conversation (laughs) of like three conversations (laughs) Uh, okay so that's official it was
3: a phantom punch
0: (laughs) oh man you can have a diet coke or a coca cola
1: that's what Mahatma Gandhi said he said you could have diet coke but why
3: so true
0: Let's talk about buttered sausage. Um, <clears throat> so all the while there, then like bugs are reacting. They make specific point to like show answer, like fucking mobilizing. Hell yeah. Worms and shit. And then also the elephant in the room, there's like a pack of like no less than 75 hobos, uh, kind of congregating milling around centuries around this fucking church. Um, which, Led by
1: one Alice Cooper. Yep.
0: As the palest white man. The pale it was like I, I don't know why they did that. To like mark him as the leader or like but yeah, everyone else is like normal and like yeah, he's got like this ghastly fucking white pale on him. Did I think guys- he just never takes his makeup off. <laughs>
3: did you guys know that Alice <laughs> Cooper's a born-again Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I learned that just recently, too. Yeah,
3: that is wild. So yeah. I wouldn't even say ironic, just unexpected.
0: Super
1: conservative, super Christian and super into golf.
0: That, yeah, I have seen him. It's so wild to see him in like fucking like $500 pair, of like crazy golf pants and a polo and just that long ass crazy hair and that look. And he's just out there fucking swinging. So Swinging I was in hips and packing lips.
3: I was at a golf course the other day and there was a guy out there in a wheelchair, but it's one of these adjustable wheelchairs that it will stand you up. So yeah, you, can you can swing. like
0: angle. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it was it was really cool. And so I was talking to him about it and we were just chit chatting. And at one point I asked him what his handicap was. Oh, relating Steven. relating to golf, obviously. But as soon as the words left my mouth, it was like oh. no, 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 no. Because I was afraid he was going to be like, I got hit by a drunk driver and now I can't walk, dickhead. I got hit by a
1: drunk orca.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, he didn't uh, He didn't go the dickhead route. He was like, oh, it's like a 12 or, you know, he answered the question. But as soon as I was like, what's your handicap?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the the Regan, the Brian Regan. Yeah. When's, that baby When's that baby do?
3: do? Excuse me, sir. Ma'am.
0: Ma'am. Nice to meet you, human. Are you on the Brian Regan train?
1: No, Chris. You
0: don't know. Who I don't really is? watch
1: that much stand up. The reason I always am referencing Tom Segura to you guys is not because <laughs> I'm like a huge fan of him, but I was getting a tattoo, and the guy watched all four of his specials in a row. So I was oh, just like, Jesus, sitting there watching. That's a lot, Tom Segura. Yeah. Did you is... Did you see
3: any of his unfunny wife's specials when you were in there? Or no.
0: <laughs>
1: no, not that I recall.
3: Mm, too bad.
0: Christina P. Yeah, I've never seen any of her shit either.
3: Yeah, she's um, a, she's a funny person, like on their podcast, but her standup is atrocious.
0: Baseball baseball um where the fuck are we yeah oh, the, no, the idea
3: that jesus is an extraterrestrial
0: yeah that was fun
3: that's interesting because when uh when satan later impregnates what's her name as a kelly as a host for mm-hmm. satan baby i mean you could say that that's kind of the same dogma as christianity where you know uh, the virgin mary was just a host for alien Jesus baby
1: yeah and that is kind of something that gets brought up way later by Victor Wong where he's like what if there is something controlling everything like you think but he's actually an asshole he's an anti-god right
0: yeah I thought that was interesting the whole they're trying they're clearly trying to insert this anti-god kind of angle in here. And this time being older, I really picked up on that. I mean, the commentary helped as well, but yeah, I was before I always thought of, you know, like Satan and like technology and it's God. And, but they're really trying to pitch something else. And I I think it keys into how much Carpenter was like going down this physics, quantum, quantum computing mechanics realm uh, as a, um, as like a, Uh, inspiration for this film and how it bled in and because like Victor Wong's talking about and a bunch of other characters they're talking about like when you start looking at things at the subatomic level like you know everything goes out the window you know it's like you know what's what's up is down what's down is up and it's It's pretty interesting to think about, and there's a couple of theories that I've seen and and like my initial take on or my take this time of the ending and how to interpret it um and like the use of mirrors is pretty interesting like I feel like there's a lot of meat on this uh movie to where you can like the rewatchability I think is high for this, and little things to pick up on. I've even seen, I, I went down on YouTube rabbit hole and saw this dude that went fucking, like, real deep like, on uh, symbology of this flick, and one of which was that he pointed out, and I was like, fuck, that makes me think, was that really a coincidence, or was Carpenter, is he like, you know, soft pedaling this, and he actually did insert a bunch of, you know, Easter eggs or or, or things on purpose to drive the story, but one of which is the gal at the beginning, um, like the bag lady, where they zoom in on her cup and it's got maggots and fucking uh, Donald Pleasance is like, oh fuck, and you know, and he go he runs in. She's wearing a purple netted like shawl, and underneath is it's either like rust cut like copper or gold. And this guy puts up a picture of like the whore of Babylon, and it's like predominantly in this purple and gold like garb and like, that's the, f- like the first person that like reaches out and makes contact to one of our people inside the church. um, And then he, he proceeds to this YouTube fella proceeds to go on a bunch of other connections, which it made me think like, fuck, like questioning how, how is this all coincidence? And, you know, he, or he's just picking up on stuff that he's wanting to, that kind of, the conspiracy effect like yeah. making connections that aren't really there that are just happenstance but that was interesting too there's it seems like you know by virtue of that it it supports you know rewatching and and being able to pick through and interpret how you like but uh i do think there's a lot of meat on this one yeah i mean i
1: think you can read a bunch into anything if you if you choose to do so but I think in cases like this, you sort of have to subscribe to the death of the author lens because I I really don't think John Carpenter intended that. I think he just likes to tell cool stories. Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I also then- I can't remember where I read this, but s- somewhere they're saying like, "Oh, this it's an allegory for like the HIV panic, and that's why Dennis Dunn keeps saying like." The stuff about being gay, and I was like, "That's there's no way John Carpenter made this movie to be like
0: talking about the HIV pand- panic." Yeah, he wants to get done with the shoot and go smoke a doobie and and play pong.
3: Yeah w- one one thing I was I was thinking that is probably a little far fetched was with all the like insects and weird like worms and all the shit. I was kind of thinking like, I wonder if this is supposed to be uh, similar to like all the plagues that came through Egypt in the Bible and uh, because it's ascribed to God as doing all this shit. But maybe it was just the devil the entire time, every time he comes around, like all this crazy shit starts happening. Good call. I don't know. Or it's not
2: at all.
0: Well, I think it definitely with the religion and the science aspect, it it will make you think of that for sure, especially if you come from like a religious background. That's yeah. one I didn't think about. But when you say it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like the imagery is there. And the same like on this, if you want to look at it the science way, like. Uh, uh, Professor Barack at the end, he makes a couple mentions or at least a a few others do about like the idea of a parasite and like just dating.
1: Yeah. And he
0: talks about like, you know, Kelly going through her transformation saying like, you know, this is like a parasite growing into its host, you know, like, and, and the outcome is, is uh, like her manifesting these sores and shit. And she's getting ready to like do whatever this connection with the anti-god or.
3: Yeah. Cause there's even like, uh, even if you go back to the plagues, I can't remember who it was, but somebody wrote a book a while back that was trying to explain, like, scientifically what could have caused all those plagues in Egypt. And it was like, oh, no, it was because this happened and and the grain was spoiled. So that's why all the firstborn kids died, because they were the first ones that got to eat whatever. Um, So uh, another part with the ants and shit, it made me think of, I don't know if, if either of you have heard about. This like phenomenon with people who get electric cars when they go to uh, plug them in, a lot of times that these ants will be drawn to the plug. So yeah. it, it could just be like an electrical thing that's causing all this what mm. looks to be supernatural shit or some that's other.
1: Definitely a thing. I've never looked into why it is, but I used to work maintenance at an apartment complex, and ants were always attracted to the outside AC units. Mm. so you always have to like get them off there before you can start working on it it's I don't know why they're attracted to electricity but they are it's
3: because God's <sighs> upset with you that's why <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah that is wild I've never heard that or would would have thought that that bugs would be attracted to like an electrical source but I think pe- people forget though too like that like electricity and shit is going on in our bodies and like it's more I always used to put like electricity and shit like that in like a man-made like uh box or category but when you think about it more it's like it's more of a biological thing it's like a fun it's a it's not just it's not man-made it's also like a, a natural phenomenon or occurring
3: Ben Franklin part. didn't invent electricity <laughs> I invented electricity <laughs> Ben Franklin is the devil. <laughs> she um, fucking
1: rules in that movie.
0: Ciao, I gotta stay here all day with Steve. They ever catch that gorilla would escape from the zoo <laughs> and punch you in the eye. No, no, no,
3: Mama. The the switch continues. <laughs>
1: Uh, one thing that i was thinking about this last time that i watched it is that the, at the beginning they're talking about the whole schrodinger's cat thing and yeah, how I, observing I, uh, I hated that <laughs> i hated that part observing something not as a back of bees is basically what makes it real and then no nope. i realized like <laughs> donald pleasance is also like talking giving one of those party lines that the church does of like, you know, not believing in the devil is what gives him his power. And like your adherence to logic and facts is what gives him like allows his deception. And then as they start observing the swirling goo, it starts getting more powerful because they're trying to measure it empirically. So I I haven't like fully fleshed out that thought, but I feel like there's kind of something interesting there as well
0: totally i think there once we get towards the end too there's something i saw about uh that calls back to schrodinger's cat because i mean he he put it in the, the filmmakers put that in on purpose like they didn't just throw it out there or maybe they did but it seems to call back towards the end too uh but have you guys i, I don't know if this is considered the same thing, but it's kind of related to that superposition idea, like of existing and yet not existing in two different places at two different points in time. Um But have you heard of the, um I think it's been debunked recently, but the double slit experiment?
3: Yeah, I think, so that's, so that's... <laughs> So that's different. If what you're going to if what you're going to say is what I think you're going to say, that's different where the Schrodinger's cat thing is so fucking dumb to me because <laughs> it's like if you turn your back the thing behind you it it's not two things at the same time. You just can't see it. So the the cat is either alive or dead in the box. It's not both at the same time theoretically if you have your head up your own ass. It, it, it just is. It's there's an objective reality in that box. I think what you're talking about is when they they shot like photons at through this like uh, object
0: like a great yeah they had but, no they had nothing in it so it was like a piece of metal with a fucking square and then they shot it through and then they had one that was like that had a a bar of metal in between it so it cut the square into two by which like the path of this laser or photons or whatever or electrons they are shooting yeah. it through it would have to hit
3: yeah but that. what you're talking about is <clears throat> unless unless it's been debunked, like you said um it was proven that the result was different when somebody was watching it. That's very different than like, Oh, right. we, it, it could be both at the same time. Like, no, the cat's either alive or it's dead.
0: Yeah. I guess that is, that is the difference. I wish I was smarter and knew more about <laughs> Schrodinger's cat to put like, on, to have the, my, uh, the counter to that. I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wish I was on- smarter in life to dis- so I could have discussed further at length. Shromani's if you're buried cat.
1: underground, we can't see you and therefore you're <laughs> in a superposition of both dead yeah. and alive.
3: I just, yeah. I, I heard a story not too long ago of a, a South African preacher who died and predicted his own resurrection. So when he died, his family wouldn't authorize the funeral home to bury him because they're like, He'll be back. And so the funeral <laughs> home kept calling his family like, hey, um, he's still very dead. He's been embalmed and he's been in our refrigerator for two years. So you need to either come pick him up or we're just going to fucking bury him. And I, they had to go through the court and everything. And they're like, yeah, just fucking bury him. Um, long story short, he he's still dead.
0: Yeah, that's. Sorry. You
1: would think that the embalming would be the final nail in the coffin for that resurrection theory.
0: Yeah, isn't yeah, that where no they really drain the blood and pump it back full of like formaldehyde or some shit? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, that's why.
3: That's obviously why he wasn't able to come back from the dead because they replaced all his delicious blood with chemicals. So,
0: well, Jesus turned water into wine, or. It's the other way around.
2: Me sober enough. Ha! Ow!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that shit is interesting, isn't that? Isn't that also kind of like along the lines of like the uh, if a tree falls in the forest, you don't you don't hear it or you don't see it did it actually yeah, fall? Yeah, it's, it's what a stupid. Does not make a sound?
3: It's what a stupid sixteen year old That's- who smokes weed thinks about. That's what it is. <laughs> We've all been that guy, I'm sure. Like, yes, it obviously does make a sound.
0: If it's your dog, it's your dog.
3: I did love that part where <laughs> they're looking for Wyndham and they they see him outside and he's doing that weird like demon possession talking thing like I have a message for you.
0: Oh yeah, you're and not going to like it yeah i have a robot vagina yeah audios <laughs> turd nuggets uh is that the guy that with the like, balding kind of mullet there's like two skullet dudes in this movie and one was there's a little a bit chubbier set. than the other yeah there's a heavy set fella and then a a, a sharper dressing more spelt Character, but the way he gets taken out with that fucking one-sided fucking shear was pretty rad by the bag lady. That was a pretty cool murder weapon. The one arm scissor. It's a good uh at the, at the drive-in. Song I too. knew it. I knew you weren't going to be able to
3: let that go. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, Grandma. I didn't get it. I'm so numb. I just hate him. I hate him. I hate him.
2: I
3: knew there was not a <laughs> snowflakes chance in hell you would let that go.
0: <laughs> uh, you get me. Okay. Um, what else is fun in this interesting?
3: I've got a fun Bible story if you want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so it's an Old Testament story, and if any of you uh, listeners are aware that there's quite a stark contrast between the theme of the old and new Testament. Uh, the new Testament is very like, Hey, you know, love everybody. Turn the other cheek. Everything's Mm -hmm. cool. The old Testament is like, I will smite you and you will like it. Um,
0: Eye for an eye and all that like brutal justice. the, The eye for an eye thing
3: that's always taken out of context. And that's one of the things that bugs the shit out of me. But, uh, that's for a different episode. So, uh, there are some cool, just in general, cool stories in the Bible that whether it's like an allegory or meant to be true they they, they have like a cool message like, Oh yeah, you know, be nice to whatever. And do unto others to other or whatever? You know, there's like a, there's a lot of morally consistent things, but then every once in a while you'll come across a story that's like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> this is this is one of my favorites of those. Um, it has to do with a false god who, I've heard it pronounced Baal, but I think it's Baal, B-A-A-L.
0: Yeah, um, and it's got like an apostrophe in between the two A's or something no, sometimes. No. no. It's just uh, too... Baal. I don't
3: know. There might be. Is it Baal?
0: I don't know. Baal. We're going to
3: go with Baal. So, right. uh So there was a false god in the Old Testament named Baal. And there was like some fence walking between followers of the real God and Baal. And so uh, Elijah, one of the prophets, was like, basically, um, let's have a competition and we'll see whose God is real. So let's build two altars and kill two cows or rams or whatever. And um, we'll both call to our God and see who burns our altar first so uh there were i think there was like 500 prophets of baal there and he's like uh, elijah goes all right why don't you go ahead so they they cut up their bowl they put it on the altar and they start praying for baal to come down and like light the altar on fire nothing's happening so like any reasonable person they start like crying and cutting themselves trying to like encourage Baal to, uh, light their altar on fire. Jesus. So after a while, nothing happens. So then Elijah, he's like, all right, let's get our altar together. So they get their bowl and everything. And then he's like, um, pour a bunch of fucking water all over it. And so they do that. (laughs) And he's like, do it again. So they pour a bunch of water on it and he's like, okay, do it a third time. So they cover the whole thing with water. They pray to the true God or whatever lightning, fire comes down, burns everything up in the water. Great. So when you hear that story, you're probably thinking, wow, um, well that proves who the true God is, right? Um, so now these 500 prophets of Baal in the story, they all fall to their knees and start worshiping like, wow, your God is the true God, right? So great. Now you have 500 more, uh, soldiers in your army. the last line of that story is, um, okay, so then God commanded Elijah to take all 500 prophets of Baal down to the river and kill them all. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, like, wait, you just went through all that trouble to convince them to come over to your side and they're like, we believe you now. You were right. We were wrong. It's like, okay, uh, you're all dead now. Sorry. <laughs> like,
0: Dude. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking pretty brutal, man.
3: It is pretty brutal. Fun story though.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I can't point to any specific ones, but I remember I went to a Christian school for a couple years and just by osmosis, like hearing some of the other uh, tales in the Bible. I know there's some hardcore ones too, the Herb Wilder uh, ones like that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot, and Sodom and Gomorrah is a fucking weird story, so.
0: Yeah. Isn't, Look that uh, up sometime. Isn't Job have some stuff going on, too?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a rough wild. one, too.
0: <laughs> that's like, isn't that with the, uh, or am I thinking of like Jacob and where he's he's got to prove to God and he's, he's telling him to like kill his son, something like that? And that's he gets Abraham and Isaac. Edge. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that are like that. It's
1: <laughs> just a prank, bro.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just kidding.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the job. Just real quick, the job one is is really fucked up because the devil goes to God, which you know that just makes sense. And he's <laughs> like, oh, you know, you don't you you don't have anybody who's like a great follower of you. And, and God's like, what about Job? He's blameless. And he's like, and the devil's like well, he wouldn't be if you took away all his livestock. And he's like, okay, go ahead. You can you can do that. So he takes all his livestock and he doesn't um, condemn God. So the devil comes back. He's like, well, yeah, but he's still got all this other shit. And it's like a three-part, like, okay, well then, yeah, go ahead. And then he comes back. He's like, yeah, well, he's still got all his kids. And he's like, okay, well, go ahead and kill all his kids. And, like, each time he leaves one person alive to be a messenger, like the mob, like, <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy everything, but I'm gonna leave you alive to go back to Job to tell him what happened. Right, and then, and then uh, yeah, it, it's a long story. But after he kills all his kids, um, he, the devil's like, well, yeah, but you didn't do anything to the guy, and so God's like, all right, well, you can cover him head to toe in boils, so all he can do is sit in ash and scratch himself with broken pieces of pottery and fuck (laughs) damn yeah it's a it's a really i mean and that's god's favorite guy and he let that happen i'm
2: gonna
0: kill you son oh (laughs) please yeah that's wild fuck that uh all right so yeah we've we've gone we're you know, yeah, I will up. say,
3: um, six point seven on IMDb. I mean, seems very low and shitty, but standard for IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes, it's sixty one with the critics and sixty one with the people. That's surprising. Oh damn! I would have expected a bigger split, and I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was one way or the other. Like one was thirty points higher than the other, either direction.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got a pretty respectable score for what it is. I feel like, I feel like it, like I, I've seen stuff like get judged way harsher. I feel like, and that are like a similar kind of movie. So yeah, it is kind of, it seems like an anomaly, but f- I mean the IMDb one, I feel like that's pretty, pretty solid 6.7. Like,
3: yeah, I feel like everything on IMDb is like a seven,
0: Two.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A six point two. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, everything a is a six point two.
0: Yeah, it's a super tight pattern, and even like great shit, it's really hard to like break through that that glass ceiling of eight point nine or nine, whatever it is, like that's hardly ever over. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah one of, one of the things that like was felt like was really stark was that fella that gets killed like out in the open at night. Uh, the slimmer skullet fella. And he's like, you're out of your minds. This is a joke. This is caca. Yeah. This is caca. I was like, God, man, you just reminded me of like one of my least favorite words. In the entire fucking world is caca. <laughs> like it just sounds so fucking babyish. It makes me like mad. <laughs> it's like seeing a grown man say, this is caca. Like, <laughs> Not like that, but
1: um, then he gets fucking turned into bugs. So yep, who has the last laugh?
0: That's right. Uh, I thought some of the slime effects, like getting shot into people's mouths, was <laughs> <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so-
1: they all have very natural
0: reactions to it. Also, they're just like, fuck. oh fuck! <laughs> <Have> you- <laughs> this is a huge. Tangent kind of, but ha- have either of you two fellas seen? I don't know what year it was, but Katy Perry went on like the Nickelodeon, like Ch- kids' choice awards, like 2012 or something. And you know how their Nickelodeon thing is the slime, like double dare, yep. get it oh, drop yeah. in your head, blah blah Our blah. Summers. Like, I guess late in later years, you know, like the little podium thing you go people go up to at an award show, mm-hmm. they load that fucker with like rocket fueled slime and it'll it like this like uh lectern fucking pops open like that and like 45 degree angle right near fucking eyeballs dude they lit carry <laughs> katie perry the fuck up dude like it looks like that that caused brain damage because it fucking <laughs> takes her out like she fucking she goes tits up like, on the ground, but, like, I rewinded it a couple times. Dude, like, the force this fucker is hitting her face is, like, I would have been mad. Like, I wouldn't like I would be surprised, like, if she had to go to, like, an eye doctor or something. Because it's, like, maybe a, a scotch beneath fire hydrant, like, getting Jesus. run over. Like, ejecto cedo <laughs> slime in your face. Um,
3: somebody got yeah. fired
0: for that for sure I wouldn't doubt it man because it, it was I mean I'm no big Katy Perry fan and I don't want to see anyone fucking like yeah. assaulted via slime like that like it was bad um,
3: well she sh- as we learned from Happy Gilmore she shouldn't have been standing
0: there yeah <laughs> <laughs> gold jacket green jacket who gives a shit um I I remember you you had mentioned early on the fucking uh the dream sequence and I'm glad you brought that up cuz that yeah. is one of the more like it's like low level like haunting it's like this cryptic and it comes out a couple times cuz other people have this dream and it's all in that VHS like yeah. big over the shoulder camcorder style you think of like
3: and it goes yeah. a, a little bit further each time
0: yeah and then the figure starts to emerge like yeah and the 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 voiceover and the cryptic shit it's saying like it's got a very like haunting effect that i really fucking appreciated and dug this time too
1: yeah that's also uh what donald pleasance uses to just put his nuts out on the table (laughs) because
2: everyone's like not (laughs) believing
1: him and he's like Oh, you know the dream that you just had that you didn't mention, <laughs> but I know you fucking had that dream because everyone around this has that dream. You're gonna keep having it, and each time you're gonna see more and more of it. Do you believe me now, fuckface?
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That that shit is. Yeah, and then cool, and isn't?
3: then it fully buttons up at the end.
0: Yeah. I Which I guess we great. can just cut cut to that now unless is there anything in this middle part i mean like people just get started getting taken out uh one by one by this the growing slime it's power the the mob they're basically trapped in this fucking uh church this old ass decrepit church and there's this horde that are slowly kind of they're kind of like sentinels outside this thing and uh, people start getting picked off from the inside out after the goo starts making its way to different characters within the house. So it's like evil's outside, and then it's coming from within too. Um, before I guess we get to the the climax and like the the uh, the immediate aftermath. Is there anything in there, Chris, you wanted to touch on that you enjoy about this flick, or just talk about before we get there?
1: Um. I would like to shout out the scene where Dennis Dunn is trapped in a closet and everyone else is trapped in an adjacent room separated only by a wall because this is something that pisses me off about so many movies. Like anytime someone's locked up somewhere, it's like, just fucking break through the wall. It's not that hard. (laughs) In this movie, they actually do it. And I really appreciated that. Nice. Yeah. I think there was this movie called The Berlin Syndrome that my significant other picked for us to watch a couple months back. And it's basically, I think it's like an English tourist goes to Berlin. Some dude kidnaps her and keeps her in an apartment for eight hours a day while he goes to work. And she's on the third floor, but never once did she think, oh, I'll just fucking break through the wall.
0: Chris is just fuming. It's like, you know, the <laughs> studs are 16 on center. Just yeah. break through this gap. God damn it. It's oh, a drywall. S- it's half inch, maybe three eighths. I don't know.
1: So, yeah, I mean, wait. it's a classic thing of people get angry and <laughs> punch through walls. That's how fucking weak they are. Fucking Kyle.
3: So who who recommended that movie to you?
1: No one recommended it to me. Uh, we just chose to watch it blindly.
3: Oh, I thought you were going to say my significant other, and I was going to say what's his what's his name. <laughs> <as> a- <laughs>
0: what oh, was friend. his name
3: uh walter sucks ass but i did <laughs> was he in some sort of confessional is that why they they didn't come in there like he was weirdly protected or
1: i think it was just yeah. a closet that had like a confessional window on yeah. it
3: okay yeah because that i was i was curious about that
0: towards the end he does get very whiny and very like
3: towards the end
0: kind of would well, yeah, I don't know. He's, he, I don't know. He's just going about it. It's like, well, and dude, then when, when he, right now,
3: when he finally starts busting through the wall on his side, like, where was this effort? 20 dude, minutes ago. <laughs> a
0: town On a chunk of that fucking wall, dude. I, I noticed at this time, like when shit's like really like devils knocking at the door, he fucking kicks it up into another gear for sure. Yeah, I don't. It's for me. It's like loving him so much in, and he's he plays like a badass character. He's actually the main character, really in, uh, big big trouble in Little China. You think it's Kurt Russell? It's not. He's just like the he's the jester in that movie, but he's framed like the main character. But Dennis Dunn's actually the main. He's like kicking ass the entire fucking movie, bailing out Kurt Russell and is fucking like befuddled, like like working his way through the movie, like so it's weird to see him in this role
3: yeah I haven't seen that movie maybe ever all the way through but if so it's been it's, like 20 years
0: that's a fun one that's that's a, that's a a, lot of people's favorite Carpenter too where do you sit Wrong. with Big Trouble
1: Chris uh, <laughs> it's okay I, I do like it but I'm not in love with it <laughs> at all
0: I saw that one at a really young age and it was a lot of fun. It was like in the, to me, it felt like in the spirit of like, like a harder edge, like Goonies, Indiana Jones, kind of like, like journey kind of quest fun movie like that, that really hits that nostalgia button for me. Um, And it's got some cool monster shit, some cool practical, practical effects. Um, I
3: think the first Carpenter movie I saw when I was young it was the first Halloween and that might still be my favorite, but maybe yeah. it's just because I saw it when I was so young and it was creepy. I don't know.
0: I mean, it it is a good one. I mean, it's it's loved by a lot for, for a reason, and especially at the time it, it was, you know, like groundbreaking or, you know, it, it wasn't like in today's horror field, you know, it, it was something totally different back then. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like this, Halloween, Assault on Precinct 13, They Live. That's a good one. I also yeah. really like Village of the Damned. Everyone really? else seems to fucking
0: hate that movie. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that's probably my, one of my least favorites of his. That's wild. It's a good one. I. It always felt like a TV movie to me. It does.
1: I will has, give you it that. It has that
0: sheen. Yeah, ha- I mean, it doesn't help like Christopher, Christopher Reeve, Reeve. Yeah, <laughs> Kirstie got, Alley. Their screen presence just—it's and like everything about that movie fucking screams fucking Mark Hamill. like yeah, yeah. I always think I always get that conflated with like the Stand, and that was on TV too. Like sometimes, like when I look at them, like the quality, of the film grain, something about it, but. Um, yeah, that's wild. I never would have picked you for being a fan of Village of the Damned. Fucking good one. Uh,
3: the man's an enigma.
0: It's true. Uh is there anything else before we get to the the end scene, which is uh, pretty rad.
1: Uh are we getting to like the end end scene?
0: Yeah. Like I when- mean, I really
1: like the I guess the climax with all the I really like the simple but really cool looking Mercury as a mirror, and like them going into the mirror, especially when whatever her name Catherine is that her name
0: Kelly the yeah. one that's giddy the one that's the vessel.
1: Yeah, no, the
3: no, redhead the, chick, the, the redhead with yeah, awful, that's Catherine awful haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I thought that was a pretty cool shot when she gets pulled into the mirror by Anti
0: God. Or well, she sat. She does the sacrifice move, and fucking yeah. that was a form fucking tackle spear, dude. That was well, like, yeah. She
3: was she was like trying to decide which way to go. It's like fucking do something.
0: It's like, wouldn't you? I, I feel like front kick would be the move, though. But that doesn't serve the movie. But I don't know. Seeing a creature's arm reaching out from this fucking thing, which really, I mean, I'm probably not the first to say it as much as they were wanting to like do this anti-god and like satan and trying to delineate looked very de- like devilish it was fucking bright red ass on yeah around. it did look very just you classic devil yep like you probably think if you've seen um like tim curry's rendition of the devil in um
1: or like south
0: park <laughs> fuck is it yeah totally like the the bright ass red the black horns pitchfork, for black that, yeah. fingernails yeah
1: uh, i thought that shit was pretty cool
0: yeah yeah that was super rad and then like all of a sudden that well even before that too the the practical effect of when um donald pleasance finally sacks up and grabs the axe and chops that chick's arm off kelly's who's getting like the the parasite she's like yeah. the womb or whatever and then cuts fucking just shoots back grows back and then the head and she picks her head up that was that that didn't look like that still holds up that effect it was like how the fuck did they do that um yeah but was, then yeah was like,
3: it um was it lisa who was in bed and uh susan is like creepily crawling (laughs) on top of her and she's like oh sorry i'm not uh and then she's just like (laughs) 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 i'm not i'm not lesbian oh but now i'm now i'm a devil
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was pretty brutal uh and yeah that final effect when yeah she uh catherine sacrifices and then dude DP is just like Johnny on the spot with that fucking ax, just hucks it, bashes the mirror. So then this is where we get into like, okay, this is the resolution and the, the aftermath. So the evil has been thwarted. You know, you see like this mist coming out of uh, previously or now dead and previously um, uh, possessed characters within the the church. Uh, and then, I think like the sky clears up and uh so you think, you know, the evil has been vanquished and but then Brian's sitting here, mustache fellow is like he's like, oh fuck, you know, like he was like they have a quick like get together, him and uh Catherine, their their love interest. So he's he's like bonded to her and he's gotta deal with like her being in this like fucked up cosmic, horrific purgatory hell dimension that's pretty wild to think about that made me think of that uh king stort the the jaunt yeah like uh, that that kind of stuff like thinking about that or even not even on like a dimensional level but like if you were like an astronaut and you got detached from like the fucking like the shuttle or something doing a spacewalk and you're just out there like fuck yeah cuz
3: there was even that like brief second where it showed the other side of the mirror where she was like fuck yeah, you know, like she's not immediately dead. She just lives there now. Yeah, dude,
0: that's such a fucking crazy.
3: She's like, "Why'd th- you break the fucking mirror? I was just about to come back." Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> 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 it's like you picked now to fucking spring into action, Donald. Yeah, that's fuck. That's freaky to think about. Um, if that were possible um
3: so- i mean i I think just one little thing I want to say. I think that's what makes it so creepy to to me personally or and maybe people who are born in religious families is the craziest shit that you see in these weird horror movies about religion and stuff, even the mainstream people, they believe this type of shit, like they think possession is real. You know this this other side that, I mean, there's even Bible stories about people who fuck around with spirits and possession, and I don't know. Makes it kind of a little extra creepy that it's not just like the outliers who are like, oh yeah, there's this crazy shit. If you ask mainstream religious people, it's part of their dogma. Like, yeah, we we believe it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And the farther extremist you get, the scarier it gets. Like when you start getting on the fun- fundamentalist level too.
1: Chris, what do you think? Well, I think I told you guys how my parents took me to see the 25th anniversary of the Exorcist <laughs> in theaters and <coughs> explained to me that that's a thing that actually happens to people and it's a cautionary tale. So.
2: <laughs>
1: Case is brutal,
0: man. Yeah, that's super crazy. Um, it's fun to think about, though.
3: Well, yeah, and then the uh, the final dream, double dream.
0: Oh yeah. So where? So yeah, this is where some of the theories and like it's really fun to think about. Like, uh, and the juxtaposition with the mirror and the way Catherine goes out. So the final dream is had by Brian. Uh, who's removed now from this scenario, and then he has the dream, and it finishes out. They finally finish the date. It's all they get to in for we're transmitting from 1999, and this movie's set in '87. So they're 12 years in the future, and then that previously shadowed figure who was completely blacked out now reveals herself to be Catherine. Uh, our, awesome. Uh, other redheaded protagonist and she looks wild too super creepy she like raises her arms up into like a crucifix position and it seems like she's kind of floating or the camera's just zooming in on her but either way like the the look she has on her face you can't really pin it down but she looks like kind of like that that crazy possessed thousand yard stare um and zooms in and then it does a i think this is one of the few jump scares but then it immediately cuts to Brian waking up and looking over And seeing that grotesque body and, and then (gasps) immediately jumps into like the second fit, like the other fake out and he wakes up again. Like that was a dream. Yeah, And he's like, fuck. And then he gets up out of his bed and he goes to it. He has this big, you know, like full length mirror in his bedroom and he goes up and he, he's trembling, you know, and like he's putting his hand up to the mirror and then it cuts roll credits. So
3: yeah I like I like the ending. I I also thought it was a fun there was a funny part where when they I mean the love story I thought was kind of stupid and unnecessary but when they first got together he's like I want to tell you something and she's like don't and then towards the end she's like what were you going to tell me? I was really hoping it would be something like
2: I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> God.
0: Have you ever heard of super gonorrhea? (laughs) It's
1: fucking like the rise of Skywalker all over again.
0: (laughs) She's like,
3: you wanted to tell me something. I was going to say, you
2: need to fucking leave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your Uber's up front. Cab fare's on the dresser. (laughs)
0: This is caca. (laughs) Uh, oh, one last thing. I don't know why I was probably stoned when I, when I, when this part came about, but uh, uh, Professor Barack Egg Shen, I love the way like he enunciates and like says things, but towards the end, like they're like him and Brian are having a moment and they're like wondering, like, he's like, well, I can go out there and I can, we can wait till it gets dark and I can lower myself down see if there's a way out. And then Egg Shen, he's like stoically like looking out into the, out the window and he's like. No one out there can help us. And then it just cuts. It's like, dude, he's got so many fun, like little creepy lines like that. Cryptic lines.
3: Yeah, I was confused about when Brian let himself down and was like, fuck, bring me back up. Yeah,
0: immediately. What (laughs) did you (laughs) think was going (laughs) to happen? Yeah. It's like, are you testing to see if they swarm you and eat you alive in two seconds or if they slowly creep? But then, yeah, you're kind of fucked trying to get back up. You should have thought that one through a little bit. Like, you can easily hop out, hop onto this parkour, this ledge. But yeah, they barely pull him up in like the nick of time. Yeah, that was a little odd. Like, why did they have to show that? I guess earlier, too, in the, in, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Alice Cooper kill scene to Mm -hmm. computer nerd number three, who looked like a, Like a poor man's Martin star from Freaks and Geeks. Totally. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) Hey, Freaks and Geeks, that's just a good show. Um, They got a really good Halloween episode I'm about to flashback to, to, along with some Pete and Pete Halloweenies. Dude. Chris, are you a fan? I haven't watched it since it was a current show. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. I'd say it's worth the flashback. How how the episode Halloweenies is a lot of fun. Um, I'm more oh, of a with,
3: salute your shorts kind of guy.
0: That was a great show. Old donkey lips, yeah. yeah, donkey lips from the Willies. The Willies, dude. I was thinking about picking the Willies, and and uh, Chris admonished me of doing that. And I I think in hindsight <laughs> it's probably a good idea. But oh, uh,
1: Steve would have fucking hated
0: it. Uh, I think he would have liked the one with the kid, the violence against kids segment. I feel like that would have been enough I'm listening. to pull him through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Donkey Lips is in that too. But shout out to the Willies. That shit's on Tubi right now. If you have never seen that, check it out. Um, oh, nerd guy gets killed by a one-wheeled bike. And I guess this is like, uh, I, I heard on the commentary, Alice Cooper, he was like pals, or he knew someone that Carpenter knew, and he knew he was One of the this. executive
1: producers was his manager, Shep Gordon. It is.
0: And he, Cooper was like, I want to be in the movie. And then Carpenter was like, yes, but you got to bring that prop, that thing you use in his act, like on stage, that fucking pneumatic, hydraulic, whatever the fuck. Such a weird prop—a yeah. bike, a one-wheeled half a bike that has a fucking extendo ceto cuz on it. Bites. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: the thing that bothered me about it is once he's Uh-oh. impaled on it, he would just roll forward. He's like, fran- why is he just Bites! standing there,
0: frantically searching for the <laughs> I Had to. No, but yeah, that's it. It's like, what is that? It was a cool kill, though.
1: Yeah, I'm one, I'm sure it makes a lot more sense in the context of whatever stage show Alice Cooper was doing, but in the movie, it's like, that's kind of (laughs) weird.
3: Yeah, I will say in the movie, when he, when he turns around and there's like 10 guys behind him and then he turns back around and it's one guy, one homeless guy with a fucking bike.
0: (laughs) I'm taking that guy down. So pale. For sure. The whitest, paler than a Yeti's asshole um yeah that was fun uh yeah
3: i like this one a lot it was a good one
0: that's crazy because i was thinking i was like the more i think about it i think this is i don't think he's gonna like this one i think this is gonna be because it is slow it is pretty slow in some parts um
1: i think the ever present score keeps it from being slow in parts where it normally would be yeah it it has like it gives the whole film like a weird sense of urgency. So even before you have any idea of what's going on, the score is telling you that something's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. It definitely helps the film that that constant like that really low, the bom 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 Yeah, all that shit. It, I don't know about cool. you guys,
3: but i I feel like the most underrated character is Susan the entire time.
0: Who's Susan?
3: Oh. Exactly. Radiology <laughs>
1: exactly. I thought she looked a lot like Linda Blair. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that too.
0: I was getting more the frumpy, um, what's her name? Like Gabrielle something from 90210. Like the 38-year-old high school senior. Jenny Garth? No. What the fuck is her name? brunette. She looks just like her.
2: I
1: I, I didn't ever
0: watch that show. I didn't either. Well, I caught pieces of it here sure, and there. Sure, totally. Hey, I had girl uh babysitters. What? <laughs> I remember watching uh Melrose Place as a lad here and there. Oh yeah, Gabriel carteris
2: oh yeah totally
0: it's just like her or what is she is she on maybe she's melrose place i'm getting confused oh dina meyer was on that show dude i used to have such a crush on her anywho bulk um of bulk of the series dude bulk of the <laughs> series uh allow me to break the ice uh was I about to say, oh, so I have um little some theorizing, so when it comes to the end, I saw something interesting about um like maybe the plan was, and they just they walked right into it. I want to see what you guys think um that Catherine not the vessel at the time Kelly who's starting to who's wasting away and shit she wasn't the actual meant to be the vessel to like uh bring satan or satan's son or whatever out that it was always meant to be Catherine no nope. because we see her at the end in the in the future we see her looking kind of possessed looking in 1999 and they're saying like you know there's a there's been a rift in causality or error or something. And uh, they're trying to reach out and give them knowledge from the future. And, but she's there and maybe that was everything that they did was supposed to happen that way. Like she was, she was the actual goal to go in. (laughs) Okay. Why? What's your counter?
3: No. uh, The message from the future was like, Hey, this, this gal is here now. But when you go back to real time, the gal had the fucking brand on her arm. So she was clearly the the chosen one to be the the arbiter of Satan. And, and the message from the future was like, hey, if you don't hear our fucking warning, this gal is going to end up over here. They didn't. Nobody went to sleep. Nobody listened to the warning. And that's what ended up happening. I defer to you.
0: Chris, what do you think? Or not specific to this, like what what is your interpretation of the ending if you have one? I don't think it was
1: always supposed to be her because in the dream it was not her until the very last iteration. It was a different person,
2: yep
0: okay,
1: um although there's so- equally the argument that they just did that to not reveal it until the until the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of this goes over my head, and like, you you can interpret this probably a thousand different ways. But I think it's interesting to to think about, like, what if you know that's that's how it really should have ended. And then there's another point um, that I saw posited about the use of this the of mirrors throughout the film, and so one person said. Towards the end, or at the end, the um, or at the at the beginning, the sun and the moon appear together. You know, you have those weird shots of like that crescent moon and the sun and opposition. Yeah, because um, the Earth
3: is flat. Go ahead.
0: Right. Um. <laughs> so and then, <clears throat> so this is supposed to indicate that our world is entering some kind of dark side or some some other realm or dimension and that when one world is in daytime it is night in the other it's kind of taking a leap but later on the characters think that the sun is rising when it's actually entering the dark side where it is daytime towards the end walter escapes the church and runs away and it's nighttime indicating he escaped and entering and entered the real world somehow. But when the paramedics come to rescue them, it's daytime, and Walter is still there outside the church despite running away. This is the dark side with dark side Walter standing there. This is also the imagery with the liquid flowing upwards into a reflective mirror pool, and the characters looking perplexed into mirrors as though they realize their images are flipped. So at the end, Brian also gets the dream And his location is still in the church in the real world, uh, as that is where he crossed to the other side. Catherine's seen entering the normal world from the church in the dream with Satan and his father probably behind her. The normal world is now ruled by Satan and father, while the dark side becomes peaceful with the scientists who crossed into the dark side being none the wiser, living out their lives in a matrix of sorts. Uh, And someone said to the final scene mustache guy Brian. Um, he sleeps on the right side of the bed where previously when he, when he made love with Catherine or whatever, he was on the left side. And then also the poster that he had in his room is on the opposite wall. So it's like a mirror image. So maybe going to the fact that they kind of flipped realms, like the dark side, light side. I don't know. Now that I kind of like talk it out, it's, it's pretty fucking convoluted and a lot of gymnastics but um uh it is fun to think about like different interpretations of like the ending juxtaposed with brian's last dream and seeing Catherine in it's like what does all that fucking mean yeah that's prince of darkness cool flick
1: also i just remember this part do you remember when they first bring up tachyon's and yeah. someone asks, what are tachy- what tachyons, what are those? And Brian's just like, Greek word means swift ones. And then there's yeah. like a whole exchange before he actually tells them what it means. like, dude, you're just being a dick now. Yeah. Like, what kind of fucking answer is that?
0: Right. I mean, Especially the- when all this weird shit's going on.
3: Well, it also there was another part where they're like, oh, uh, it was the... Um- <laughs> what kind of calculations was it where it's like
1: differential equations different.
3: we didn't have those like okay moving on <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it's like but this is 2000 years old it hadn't been invented yet or hadn't been discovered this is kaka <laughs> all right well uh any final thoughts on prince of darkness and do any of you have any form any opinions or thoughts about this being lumped with the thing in this? Uh, I guess it's, it's like, I think of it kind of like as an honorary degree it, is this being called the apocalypse trilogy because it's so like loose and there's not, it's not a progression from movie to movie. There's no shared characters, but like uh, like where it sits, I guess alongside the thing in this apocalypse trilogy milieu I don't know um, if that's a question
1: it's better than the thing in my opinion <laughs> I know that's not at all a popular opinion um in terms of why it's a trilogy I think it's more of a thematic thing and that they just it's in the name apocalypse trilogy it's about different ways the world the world potentially ends mm-hmm As far as which one is a scarier ending to the world of these two, I'm not really sure which are, I think, I feel like you probably have a better chance at fighting against the thing than you do against anti-God. So anti-God's probably scarier. I mean, the thing would would be a very difficult thing to fight Although it seems
0: more, gr- it seems more grounded in like reality, like it's a biological, blood and guts. Thing. Yeah. Whereas Prince of Darkness, it's more of like a dimensional. You get that cosmic, the HP Lovecraft, the co- the cosmic horror, more existential, interdimensional. Then there's like a, a spiritual, supernatural angle that seems tougher to contend with. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know because. It seems pretty obvious that everyone at the end of the thing died, whereas I don't know if everybody at the end of Prince of Darkness died.
1: I mean, it would seem... You guys just watched it, so refresh my memory on the thing. It, like, can't serve Like, it goes dormant at cold temperatures, so if it only has infected those two people, I don't know, at the end, how is it supposed to be spreading and causing an apocalypse?
0: It was trying to get away, like uh, when it infects our our boy diabetes, um, <laughs> Brimley. He's tries to craft an alien yeah. ship out of spare helicopter Hell parts yeah. and batteries. And
1: <laughs> I do love Wilford
0: Brimley in that Dude, movie. Is fucking awesome! It's I cold. was just talking about. I my, come inside, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but even and he's even, got a, he's but, got the noose right there that he'd fashioned. He's like, yeah. I'm good now.
3: But even the two the two guys, uh Keith David and Kurt Russell, I mean they're they're both going to fucking die yeah. in the cold, which is fine. Yeah.
0: It's a zero and, sum game.
3: And and the the thing is going to survive, so it's irrelevant. I but mean in,
0: potentially like he, he was trying to escape the, the it was trying to get out on the fucking ship, and then, but I feel like it has options still. Like it can still win because it's able to go dormant. Yeah, I don't know if it's able to encase itself in that block of ice it okay, was found yeah, in. Yeah, so I or- guess it would just be a a cycle repeating
1: itself. People would come and discover their bodies. The thing would be dormant in it, and there's no record of what happened.
0: Yeah. Right. He's like I'll just wait like 6 months when the snow clears up and it comes and the rescue team or whoever sees this place in shambles and I'll, that'll be my next fucking yeah, stepping and, and, stone. And I think
3: that that takes away from the story in my opinion. It's like, "Oh, okay, well, no matter what the fuck happens, you can't defeat it. It's just going to continue to live but on."
0: I do feel like that nerd science that one of the other science guys, uh, Fukes, yeah. I feel like he says something about like its survivability. So maybe, maybe it is that way. Maybe it can't encase itself in ice. Like, how, I don't know how it would do that. Would it just fucking burrow to like the permafrost or some shit? So it's not really spelled out that it can do that. But, um, I mean, it could be just like, yeah, like that's why it and, and that's why it doesn't just swallow up and infect Kurt Russell right at the end. If it is in Keith David, there, it's like they're, recognizing like you know i mean this this goes to
3: i mean this goes to the reason why i didn't really love the thing as much as i wanted to Mm because it just doesn't make any fucking sense um as compared to this one so
1: i don't feel like it makes so much more sense than this movie (laughs) but i still like this better
0: yeah I, I was glad to, to flash back to this one. Um let's see what that we haven't reported on our, our scores lately here, but this is we got another vote of confidence from Steve on this one. Let's see where it puts us at. We are now at an eighty five point seven percent approval rate. We were on an uptick uh hoping to get to eighty seven, but night night of the comet brought us back down, but Chris, have you seen uh, that? No, I don't watch that shit. Comics, yes, meteors, fucking.
3: <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I hear. Yeah, it didn't. It hasn't held up as well as I thought. I was def, That was definitely a rose-tinted glasses situation. There's been one other movie that I've recommended, and I think I I liked less. Then Steve, I can't remember what the other one fucking was. Um
1: I think it was Final Girls because Yeah. You guys that's also right. right before that, I think, watched that other movie, Scout's Guide yeah. to Whatever, and they're kind of similar. That's true.
0: Yeah. Man, Scout's Guide's fun. Yeah. It's such a fun. Just <laughs> just go just have fun. Don't read into it. If you're looking for a good time, that's a good Halloween. Kind of fun watch, be a good one. Like when the kids get older, I can't wait to flash back to that. Like that'll be a lot of fucking fun. I remember like when I watched uh, Grumpy Old Men with my dad. That shit was fucking. Oh Jesus, man, down. That was a, that was a ton of fun. Um, cool. So yeah, next week, uh, we will be finishing out the Apocalypse trilogy, uh, with In the Mouth of Madness, starring Sam Neill. I'm hoping that has enough credit to pull you Steve, because now after, after going through the first two, I'm a little less confident in mouth of madness, but who knows? There might be enough to, to pull you through. That's my favorite. So each person that we've had on like miles, his favorite is the thing out of this, out of this trilogy, Chris, this is your fave. So my fave next week is in the mouth of madness. That'll be a lot of fun. looking forward to that. um, before we wrap up, uh, I p- I put it on my notes. I've been meaning to talk about it. Have either of you ever had the pleasure of having a cronut, which is a croissant, croissant no. donut?
1: <laughs> I also don't eat soft ass shit.
0: <laughs> I don't. <laughs>
3: Did we just get in a time machine to 2014. This is I, this is Game of Thrones all over again.
0: Is it? Is this something you told me about? And then no, I was like, oh, that's pussy. I'm not gonna have a fucking. No, but it's cronut. just the same
3: thing. Like, hey, okay. have you ever heard of Game of Thrones? You're like, I don't. I don't like dumb shit,
0: dude. I can't find any cronuts anywhere. It's like they 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 poked up for like. Three years between 2012 and 2015, and now they've gone away. I had one at Whole Foods one time. That's the mark of a good product that it only lasts for three years. They're delicious. And it was so, it was reminding me. So, this uh, a couple days ago, my wife went to a new bakery in town and they had cruffins, which is a croissant muffin. Dude, bomb, super good. And then I was like, so this is the real thing is like, so one of my ticks. My wife got me a Cronut one time in like 2014 from Whole Foods. And so now I bring something about the name Cronut. It's like a, it's one of those echolalia things, but it's like this stupid, really stupid game that I play with my wife to annoy the living piss out of her. (laughs) Like when she goes to a bakery or like a fancy store, like a Whole Foods, like a Fresh Time or one of these fucking places. I was like, do they have any Cronuts? So any pastry type thing. Like she brought me, she got me the cruffin and I was like, they had cronuts. She's like, no, this is a fucking cruffin. I was like, Oh no cronuts. So that's one of the things I like to, I like to throw her away that really Um, pisses
3: her off. You are very dumb, but I do, (laughs) but but I do the exact same thing. So we are kindred spirits.
0: Yeah. it's another thing, too, like uh, that movie Krampus that came out a few years ago. She likes it. And like every holiday, like when we're around family or we're at home, she, oh, we got to watch Krampus. Or she'll say it Krampus. She'll, fig- she'll whip swap it. And I do it every time. And I just get so much pure enjoyment <laughs> out of it. Even when it gets me into trouble, when I take it one step too far, like she'll say Krampus and I'll be like Krampus. Because when it first came out, she was confused how to... Is it Krampus or is it Krampus? I'm like, it's Krampus. She's like, okay, Krampus. And then later on, (laughs) like I'd be like, hey, let's watch Krampus. And she's like, I thought you said it was Krampus. And I was like, no, it's Krampus. No,
3: I got you, you stupid bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Any time, even now, like 10 years later or whatever, she'd be like, let's watch Krampus.
1: That's like one of my favorite jokes to make that's only funny to me is like... If Limp Biscuits Behind Blue Eyes comes on, I'm like, I can't believe the Who fucking covered this song. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone is just goes full, um, actually. Yeah. Like, yes, obviously, this song came out 40 years after the Who's
0: (laughs) hit. Oh man. More fun. This is like, I'm getting into like uh sub genres of echolalia so just like repeating a word it's oh, yeah. it's like a <laughs> it's like a mental trap you gotta find stuff to do when you're ten years strong keep that just love alive smile to keep from crying <laughs> well,
3: now that we've grounded to a halt
1: <laughs>
0: um yeah So, yeah, next week, prepare yourself. I don't think In the Mouth of Madness is streaming anywhere. So, fortunately, it'll be at a rental, unless you know how to navigate the darker corners. I'll find it on the the dark web. Interwebs. (laughs) It's a series of tubes. Um, Thanks, Chris, very much for having us on. Oh, yeah. Like the consummate professional, I didn't uh, intro you properly at all. Would you like to plug uh, your awesome show, Mount Mulhill, please?
1: Yeah, so I do a podcast that's called Mount Molehill. It's uh, where even the smallest mysteries become mountains. Every week, I kind of hyper focus on something and uh, little low stakes mysteries, and sort of take the audience through my uh, journey towards solving it. Nice. It's a great, it's a great show. I love it. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's super awesome. Check it out. Anywhere you get podcasts, you're on Instagram. Check out Mount Molehill. Mount
1: Molehill at Mount Molehill podcast on Instagram. Booyah. Also uh, recently, I believe the day before this episode comes out, I was featured on the Five Day Reynolds podcast where we talked about the Jean Claude Van Damme classic knockoff from nineteen ninety (laughs) eight.
0: That was good times. Yeah, is that is that? No, I'm thinking a double team with uh, Rodman. Yeah, no, I'm hard off. now. That's Rob Sh- Rob Schneider.
1: <laughs> yeah, knockoff with the uh, Van Dam and Rob Schneider selling knockoff jeans in Hong Kong. Nice. Oh yes.
3: Yeah. that's but, awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> For it's a, a second one.
1: though, I was hoping you would you were going to say hard target. Let me let
3: me pop my pants off real quick.
1: I was hoping that Dan was going to pick. Sudden Death or Bloodsport or Street Fighter because that's my holy trinity of Van Damme movies but Knock Off was a lot of fun and those guys are super funny so check them out
0: yeah I will co-sign that Five Day Rentals is awesome good shit
1: street I fight. had a gym moment at one point during the recording where I puked into my hand because I was <laughs> laughing so hard <laughs> yes,
2: yes! oh
1: <Holy laughs> shit yeah uh,
2: Oh, i not going to say
1: what, what set it off. That's for you guys to find out. And I guess if someone does, hit me up on Twitter. And if you can name the point at which I lost it, um, maybe I'll send you guys a prize.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, buddy, I'm going to be combing through that thing for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I also think I set the record for the longest episode, so I apologize for to those guys for my ranting and raving and
0: tangents. Oh, really? Because they've had some long runners. I How long I was won. the episode?
1: It's over three hours. <laughs> <Damn>! <laughs> about a Hell yeah. movie about knockoff jeans from the late 90s that no <laughs> one saw.
3: It's a film that needs to be thoroughly explored.
0: So. Yeah, it's cinema. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes you really gotta get into it. You gotta
2: with our fingernails.
0: Hell yeah. She had
3: a great ass.
0: Uh, Come in here, you ball my wife, you watch my fucking TV.
1: Old that's Pacino. a that's something I annoy my lady with quite often is saying that's
0: the discipline. <laughs> What's that from? Robert
1: De Niro When he's talking about you know leaving everything behind in thirty seconds flat, when you feel the heat coming around the corner, he's like, "That's the (laughs) discipline."
0: Dude, have you guys seen previews for that uh, *Killers of the Flower Moon* or whatever the fuck with Leo and Robert De Niro? Jesse Plemons is in it. This the new Scorsese flick, dude. That shit looks I th- good. I think we've
3: we've talked about it before. It's a great book. Yeah,
0: you you said the book's awesome. It's so. really good. Yeah, I don't really fanboy like big tent poles like this anymore, but this one's got me pretty excited. It, it looks like a fucking it's going to be an awesome theater experience. So and we
3: love Jesse Plemons around here. Yep.
0: Dude. You should watch the trailer. It it's fu- it, it's got me hyped, man. He's he plays like a his he, he looks like a very dry Jesse Plemons type character. Like yeah, it looks good. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Chris, good uh, to see you I'll, as
3: always. Please come yeah. back. Yeah. Please come back.
0: Yep. I will. Anytime. Oh, uh we've been asking everyone too. Are you dressing up for Halloween and what will we be? Um
3: Probably you don't, not. You don't, you don't have to answer that question.
1: But I've been <laughs> wavering between dressing up like Caesar from Planet of the Apes or the killer from this movie called uh, Corpse Mania.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you're so, the guy, you're the killer from Corpse Mania. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: my fear is that people will just think I'm dressing up as a Chinese person and they'll say that's
0: cultural appropriation.
3: God damn yeah. it. That's my costume this year. Fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you passing out candy? Do you do that?
1: Um. So right now we're in an apartment complex. It's in an affluent neighborhood. So I'm pretty sure they're all just going to go to the nice houses for the
0: full size candy bars,
1: full size snicker
0: bars. Reese's
1: favorite candy right now favorite candy um I wouldn't say it's my favorite but if I'm at a gas station and I grab a candy bar it's usually a Twix
0: I don't think I've ever asked you what your favorite candy is Steve what is your favorite candy I'm curious Um. I'm going to do. Can I go wild? I'm going to go either a Charleston chew, You're so or
1: fucking
0: dumb. tails, Clark bar, or a chicken a moon, dinner, a moon pie. <laughs>
3: now, uh, to answer your earlier question, we shut the lights off, lock the door, arm ourselves for any kid who comes, who comes up the driveway unannounced. They will not be leaving. Um, best candy (laughs) chocolate bar. Um, God, I mean, it's, it's tough to beat, uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: Yeah. Chocolate peanut butter. Um, you could group in like fruit to like starburst or like Skittles. No, 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 that's fine. I don't buy that brand either. That's fine.
3: um, I, mean, I, I like a Mr. Goodbar, like chocolate and peanuts. Um, yeah, I don't really eat any of that shit though. So
0: I don't either a lot, uh, despite my appearance. But uh, when I was younger, I liked Fifth Avenue it was fucking yeah. delicious. Those were bomb. I had and a dude, watch
1: call it Macaulay, like two weeks ago for the first time in like watch fifteen m- years.
0: <laughs> watch a call it to fuck too. Hell yeah. yeah. One that I really like
1: that I can never find, or you know, Andes Mints makes a Cherry Jubilee
0: flavor. It's fucking good. Holy crap. That's some highfalutin Andes. Is
3: that a new uh, episode for Mount Mulhill? Trying to find it?
1: No. (laughs) I feel like, you know, it's on Amazon for $15, but I thought about doing one about uh, taco flavored. Doritos because I can't fucking find them. They did get discontinued during the pandemic, but I think they're back now.
0: Huh? I never even heard of that flavor.
1: That's I like the classic of, flavor.
0: I was thinking of one that I, that could be a legit molehill would be, I don't know. Have you, have you guys <laughs> ever fucked with, um, uh, <sighs> macadamia, nut, brittle, Hagen used to come in a pint. Now I think you can only get it in like the EU in some countries like (laughs) Germany and like Switzerland. You really research this fucking thing? But yeah, something about I don't know if it's it's nothing definitive. It's like they just got rid of it, but it was the fucking most delicious ice cream you could ever put in your mouth. And I don't know if it was like the price of uh macadamia nuts, which I know those are always crazy, or like the process of getting the brittle. With the macadamias in, but dude, they discontinued it years ago. And I swear I would put it on, I would put it over any ice cream I've ever had. It's just delicious. The brittle, the vanilla ice cream and the macadamia nut together is like a, a level of like low level nirvana. And they yeah. you no explanation. So anyway, right on. Oh, last shout out to candy. Kit Kat does a seasonal. It's like witch's brew, I think, and it's a marshmallow and something. Fucking Mm. Kit Kat, and it is screaming. Screaming. Disagree. Have you had that particular. No. seasonal entry <laughs> I don't
1: like marshmallow flavored shit I don't either I hate
0: marshmallows I don't like but this soft shit, shit. exactly <laughs> it exactly. doesn't get any softer than fucking mallow or like the nutter shit the fluff that's very big out here in the midwest is fucking fluff the marshmallow cream that fluffy ass I don't like that
3: but... <laughs> yeah we all know what it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they make butter out of peanuts now
1: all right. Wait, let me write this down. Peanut.
0: <laughs> uh, if you got any I don't know if I already said this part, uh, but if you want to reach out to us, you can do so. Wax at waxingtheporpoise.com. Hate mail. Socials, just we, type in our names. Please hate mail. Us. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there's some some hateworthy uh, material here. So let us know. Uh, check us out next week. Thanks for joining us again, Chris. Always a great time. We'll see you when we see you, and we will see you later. Tough noogies, we're watching Predators of the Serengeti. (laughs)